This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to the awful and awesome entertainment rap. Hello, hello. Welcome to the awful and awesome entertainment rap. I am Abbas and this is Nanika. And I'm coming to you from a very hot uh, Mumbai and <laughs> Nanika is coming to a scorching Delhi. No, actually it rained today, so but otherwise it's been it's been hell. Oh damn. Uh, as you can imagine, uh, as you can guess rather, we both are a- 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 in front of you, which means Abhinandan and Rajshri were not available for this week as well. So yeah, you're gonna have to make do with us. I no, no, no more make do. Uh, no more self-deprecation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. So everyone yeah. else should be as well. I was just gonna uh, tell the listeners that this time actually we've got we've got mail. Yes, <laughs> people have given us compliments. We've got mark. love letters, Abbas. <laughs> love letters yes uh, so we are growing on you clearly uh, so today on the show we're going to be talking about uh, uh, two netflix shows and two netflix films or one netflix film and uh, the other one is it a netflix disney film? disney one? disney the other one is a disney film uh, but none of them are uh, are desi or indian today we gone we've gone full full western full full, we- full hollywood we've gone <laughs> um, so nanika what do you want to start with let's start with moonlight moonlight since Jude is very excited to talk about it and I suppose I am once again ready to be roasted to death by having my opinion about something Marvel aired in public. Uh, but yeah, I can't help it. <laughs> so, um, Abbas, before I start talking about Moon Knight, I, I have, I have you know, to yeah. I have to first tell that this time round the equation is uh, reversed <laughs> as in Nanika has seen three episodes of Moon Knight. I have seen none of the episodes. Because I'm waiting for it to get over, and I'll I'll probably binge the Hold binge all the together. episodes together. Fair. I can't tell the difference between my and dreams. Hold the phone. Now hold the phone. Yeah. Oh my God, you're alive! What's wrong with you, Mark? Why did you call me Mark? It must be very difficult. The voice in your head. This chaos in you. Embrace the chaos. Do you have any exposure to Moon Knight as a comic book character, and what do you think of it? I have very little exposure to Moon Knight. I've only uh, really come to know about the character, I think, in the last uh, last couple of years. And essentially, the one one line description that I have heard of the character is it's Marvel ka Batman. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know how accurate that is, but the the way he dresses and the way the whole gothic nature of his uh, of his look and his flowing cape and the fact that he's this very dark superhero, like metaphorically, uh, made me very uh, curious about him. But I I know very little about uh, about the m- comic book mythology and the origin story of Moon Knight. I'm glad you mentioned that he's supposed to be the Batman of Marvel because if it wasn't for your input, I don't think I ever would have seen Moon Knight as a character, as you know, any version of Batman, uh, because it didn't come across as that to me, particularly in this series. Uh, but I mean, starting with my thoughts on the show, I thought it was a very like I was initially very excited when I started the first episode. Well, you know, the character, the premise is this is a person with very clearly with dissociative identity disorder. And they're tackling with some supernatural powers that has got something to do with Egyptian mythology. I was a huge fan of Egyptian mythology as a child. So I was very excited about the premise. But I feel like, again, uh, at the risk of putting myself on the stake once again, uh, I feel like just like every other Marvel show, it's sort of, you know, the story is oversimplified. It takes a back 
like backseat and it's more about the character it's more about the action it's more about the aesthetics of the character and it's supposed to like it's very clearly geared at mass appeal so it felt a little lacking to me like i started it with a lot of enthusiasm and i was like okay this could be a show that i'd be really invested in and i still have like a moderate like i'm some 3 4 episodes in i still have like a moderate healthy amount of interest i might be tempted to finish it uh, but yeah i felt like it started off very strong and then it started tapering off for me right there like you know it's very heavy on cgi i feel like there are a lot of complaints from people also like the suit of moon knight or moon knight as a character it's not like his suit isn't like a real thing that flowing cape and everything it's all cgi which i thought was a very strange choice i mean they could have you know done better with more realistic if they had put him in an actual costume and you know sort of uh, given the characters more meat given the story more meat rather than making it so simplistic um especially like you know egyptian mythology which has so much potential to be dramatic and to be interesting and to not be simplified but yeah they messed up there so mm, but so like I mean, tell me a little bit about uh, when you say it's 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 somehow connected to egyptian mythology Uh, so Oscar Isaac is playing the lead. Yes. So, uh, it, uh, uh, I mean, give me like a brief synopsis of the thing. Does he, does he ask for his powers from Egyptian gods? What happens? No, I, I have no idea. No, he's supposed to be an avatar of an Egyptian god of justice who Ooh, delivers okay. justice based on your actions. And then he, so the story is so far like you know, uh, some friction between this particular Egyptian god that serves justice once you know the. incorrect the sin has been committed versus a goddess that preemptively gives the punishment like she'll look at your okay. whole life the past present future and she'll met mm. out the justice to you if she thinks you're going to do terrible things in your life so somebody's mm. like you know she would have killed hitler before he was before he uh, got to where okay. he got so you know right. things like that so mm. i suppose it you know it's a very interesting premise but they again oversimplified it treated it with no you know didn't treat it with the meat but i suppose like they pump so much money into all these marvel shows that they have to make the mass appeal they have to make it viable for the people to watch which is why they can't have a story that's too intense which is why they can't have a story that's like emotionally very heavy because um back when netflix like around 2015 or so when netflix used to do marvel tv shows like daredevil yeah. and jessica jones even though the sets weren't as expensive i felt like there was a very interesting like i particularly loved daredevil and jessica jones a lot and mm. i felt like there was an interesting you know weight given to the story it was complex it was dark it was moody in a way that wasn't it wasn't geared at mass appeal but yeah mad like disney plus marvel whatever they're getting for it's going for mass appeal and it sort of takes away from the story so i guess if you're a long time fan you're going to like it and you're going to probably rate it higher than all the other stuff marvel comes out with and i also am like not completely writing it off i will want to finish it and talk about it further So have you seen the other Disney Plus Marvel shows that have come out WandaVision, Loki, no, uh, Winter Soldier? Okay. <laughs> no. So I I have seen all of them but Hawkeye, okay. uh, which was the one they did before Moon Knight. Right. And amongst them I really liked WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Um I've heard I really very good reviews Loki. about WandaVision. Yes, but I had a very similar complaint with all of them is right. is exactly what you mentioned that right. in the first couple of episodes it's a very promising premise yeah, always. but by the time it comes to the final episode it is uh, it is just people flying in the air fighting yeah. with each other i mean yeah. so i feel like yeah, disney has a huge cgi budget so they like we must use the whole thing <laughs> so it's very interesting when you said that uh, the net you like the netflix shows yeah. because the the creative director behind those shows when 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 marvel set out to make this uh, extremely expensive and huge studio they gave the reins of the television department to a writer called jeff lobe and jeff lobe is also a very uh, very prominent comic book writer okay. and he has written some really good stories 
and jeff lobe's whole outlook was that the big cgi action set pieces are for the movies hmm. when it comes to the tv shows i'll make it as you said more intense yeah. more handheld yeah. hand uh, hand to hand, hand, hand battle yeah. hand to hand combat and all of that and because it was on netflix and he had the uh, freedom to go r rated yeah. some of the shows were also a little yeah mature, i mean uh, you look at like the first season of daredevil i think is genuinely good tv i genuinely yeah. liked it you look at jessica jones that's a very interesting very complicated female character and a female character like a superhero esque female character and i'm like you know like the other like the rest of marvel doesn't treat its female characters that well or with that complexity so the netflix shows kind of fell flat on their face except for daredevil and so yeah. now uh, jeff lob has been fired from his job <laughs> and now marvel is very consciously making sure that everything they put out on any screen whether it's mm-hmm. streaming movies everything it's got that marvel is, standard it's to got it. that yeah it's got the very heavy cgi and heavy visually combat. it kind yeah. of kind of Fair. looks the same Vis- so, it's yeah. visually very adrenaline packed like it's combat scenes it's intense has got monsters on the screen so you know i get i, I understand the appeal Are you interested in watching uh, Doctor Strange which opens this I Friday? I will be watching it. I am the same friend who made me watch Spider-Man um also specifically <laughs> has the tickets booked 2 weeks in advance and I will mm. be going to watch Doctor Strange so So have I, even I have tickets booked but I have to be honest I am a little I'm getting a little tired of this whole thing where you have to do homework to watch Marvel movies because exactly. now people are saying they're going to be Moon Knight references in Doctor Strange which you will not get so you have to watch them. Oh, I'm God. like I don't care. <laughs> I'll 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 make do with <laughs> what I have. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, it's I will check very, out Moon Knight. Yeah, it's getting very competitive uh, to keep up I with know. Marvel. But I suppose you know the fan base is so big; they actually like doing all of that. So good for them. I feel like hmm. yeah, I'll clap when I don't know when someone appears on screen <laughs> who, I, who, who I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's that guy from that thing. Okay, cool. Fair, fair, fair. All right. Ah, uh, but so, no, no, Abbas. I must ask, must ask you. Um, since this series particularly focused on Egyptian mythology, is there any period of history that you were very obsessed with as a child? As a child, um, as a child, yes. Ah, uh, Middle Eastern and Egyptian mythology did uh, 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 you know, interest me a lot because. Obviously, Egypt has those yeah. massive pyramids. Yeah, I feel just, like those pyramids like, had excellent PR because every child, like across des- like generations, is obsessed with you know what went behind the pyramids and what happened. So good. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and also I, when I was a kid, uh, my dad went for Hajj uh, mm-hmm. in in the early nineties, mm-hmm. and he would come back with a lot of these stories about the Middle East. So I was very interested in knowing that what uh, what was the religious outlook of arabia before islam arrived there Fair. right because it was it was known as this very multicultural multi ethnic yeah, uh, uh, place where the lots time of, of like gods, mansa musa when islam was relatively yeah, quite yeah. new yeah yeah uh, lots of uh, uh, gods and goddesses yes. were were worshiped yeah. and also uh, the prince of egypt the um, huh. uh, the the an animated movie that came out yeah. which was about moses uh, was also one of my favorites so e- egypt has very much been uh, middle east and egypt is very interesting to me because Fair. a lot of those structures which are in the in the scriptures are actually still around. yeah exactly which is why that's so, a piece of yeah. history living right there in front of your eyes and it's very yes. alluring as a child because you know it sort of yeah. reintroduces you to the fact that you know life has existed before you and will continue to do so after i was also trying to think of which particular phase in history that i was particularly obsessed with of course egyptian mythology is one Greek mythology because Percy Jackson books and mm. I was I had like an insane obsession with the bubonic plague <laughs> which What? <laughs> wow. Yeah, How have I the last 2 years been for you? You must <laughs> exactly, be Exactly. Yeah, God was like, you know, I must be like, introduced. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, but yeah, I was very very obsessed with the bubonic plague, and I made my father tell me so much about it, and now I have to live. And the then plague. you got to live it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is the obsession over? I hope you're not going through anything. Ever you know, again. it's so funny, like. 2019 or 18 or something. I was just randomly at an airport. I picked up some picked up some random book which was about like a very insane pandemic unfolding, and I was like, God, it sounds so hectic. I hope I never have to live through a pandemic. And boom, I spoke too soon. <laughs> mm. What's the last book you picked? What was the last book I picked? It was oh God, I forgot the name, but it was it was it by Iris Murdoch, and I forgot which one it was. But it was an it, interesting. It didn't, book. it didn't have any like uh, earth shattering. revelations did no it? nobody was no there was no pandemic <laughs> nothing it was just a, a man i clearly remember was a man who was cuckolded so good for him i oh, guess oh that's okay yeah <laughs> we will roll with that we, uh, cool so okay, moonlight for before you before we go before yeah. we go before we go yes, yes. <laughs> what We're do you think of Oscar, uh, what do you think of oscar <laughs> isaac as an actor apart from moonlight i really like him so you know what um, have you seen this film inside lewin davis i've seen the trailers yes It's so inside Lewin Day. I saw the film at a film festival, and this was when Oscar Isaac wasn't the big star that yeah. he is today. And his portrayal of a broken, struggling musician was yeah. so authentic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he looked very good in that film. I must say, yes, he was broken, struggling, and starving. So probably. he he does his he he sings all his songs in in the film. Oh. He 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 plays the guitar and he sings all of that, and the pain of the 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 struggling musician. Right, like I. if you see the film i mean spoiler alert but the film does not end on a very positive, positive happy note, note okay. okay he's struggling at the beginning and he's struggling by the end as well and he crosses paths with a lot of musicians real life musicians who actually went on to be really big so uh, it's it's this uh, the, that that film is very much about the art versus commons commerce mm-hmm. ka uh, mm-hmm. sort of a clash oh, so a i loved him since then yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then Oscar Isaac came in Star Wars so and and oh, I'm a huge, huge Star Wars fan yeah so I just like his vibe he's very positive he's very uh, very charming very charming yeah and, i remember uh, when he got yeah. like insanely popular on twitter cuz he was with that Jessica Chastain oh um, yes and there were that Scenes red carpet and he was very affectionate towards her and all of twitter was going wild about him <laughs> uh, oh, fun sorry. fun time on the internet um <laughs> and i'm i'm very i'm very pro jessica chastain and oh she's very Oscar pretty she's pretty in a very she did you see her met gala look i did i didn't like it yeah <laughs> i don't want to discuss like met it, gala man. looks uh, that's she not she was uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is uh, <laughs> this is a whole different podcast yeah, exactly. so she's dressed as this romani woman uh, with with a headgear and yeah. everything and i'm like uh, i would a love to a white woman cosplaying as a romani <laughs> problematic you know, yes but yeah. i'd still go to her for my somebody for my future somebody on twitter i don't remember who i remember reading this tweet and i was just like she's a very pretty face but it looks like she owned slaves at some point i'm like oh <laughs> ouch <laughs> i was like uh. okay <laughs> <laughs> uh wasn't she in that film the help which yes, is about uh, yeah she was right? <laughs> she was <laughs> Ouch! No, don't worry, Jessica Chastain. I'm still your fan. Yes, um, we love you. <laughs> so, Moon Knight kind of kind of piqued your interest. You will complete it, but not 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 great. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Marvel fan, you're going to watch it anyway. So, oh, please wow. don't come to the comment section telling me I'm a terrible <laughs> person for not liking it. <laughs> but yeah, Are I don't it? hate it. I think I rate it pretty. It's good. Okay. 
Uh, all right, before we move on, uh, I have a couple of announcements that are very important. Uh, the first one is uh, something I mentioned when I was on the show last time as well, that The Awful and Awesome will be going behind a paywall. So these are some last few episodes that you are uh, listening for free or as Abhinandan calls you people, the Mufat Khors. Uh, so to do please subscribe, get a subscription so that you can continue listening to us and also to Abhinandan and Rajshree and get your, uh, get your weekly dose of pop culture entertainment. The second announcement is that News Laundry right now has two new Sena projects. Uh, the first one is called The Yogi Who Has It All. And the second one is Bulldozing a New Image in MP. Uh, this will be possible with your help as we don't depend on advertisers or corporations. So please contribute to the Sena project and pay to keep news free. Remember with every contribution, you'll get free merch and uh, and subscription. So if nothing, uh, do it for the merch. You get the merch and you get some kick-ass reportage. So now let's move on to Apollo 10 and a half, uh, which is a very beautiful Netflix film, which I saw. Uh, Nanika, did you see it? I did and I'm so glad you recommended it. I thought it was adorable. I loved watching it. I genuinely enjoyed it. So, yeah, great recommendation of us. As I can. Mission? For what? We accidentally built the lunar module a little too small. How'd that happen? Listen, are you good at math? Yeah. Do you get a perfect 100 on every test? No. Okay. We need a kid like you to test this accidentally smaller version on the lunar surface and soon. Stan. You're our only hope. Okay. Apollo 10 and a half. This is Houston. Do you read? Houston, this is Apollo 10 and a half. Uh, the complete title of the movie is Apollo 10 and a Half, A Space Age Childhood. And it's directed by Richard Linklater of the Before Trilogy. Um, before Sunrise, Before Sunset and Before Midnight. He also made Boyhood, which again is one of the, one of the, most, one of the best films about childhood I have seen. And uh, what he does in this particular movie is uh, is he employs this technology called rotoscoping, which is when you look at the film, it looks animated, but the actors still look like their own likeness. They so, do, for yeah. example, yeah, he did this twice before uh, in a film called A Scanner Darkly, uh, where we start Keanu Reeves. So you will still see Keanu Reeves' likeness on screen, but it will be like a like a cartoonish version of him. Um, so he's done that with uh, with that and another film called Waking Life. Uh, but I think the the incorp I mean those films came out in the early two thousands, and now he's developed the technology enough uh, to really sort of make it look gorgeous on screen. And there is no plot as such to the film. It's really about uh, Richard Linklater reliving his childhood while the first moon landing is uh, the, the process of the first moon, moon landing is happening side by side. And that is interspersed with this imagination of a child, which is, I'm assuming, Linklater himself, imagining that NASA approaches him to do a trial run for the moon landing before the actual moon landing, hence Apollo 10 and a half before the famous Apollo 11 takes off. Um, the voiceover is done by Jack Black and it's it's really just describing the 60s um, through the various uh, experiences that Linklater had. And I just love every little detail that he goes into, right? From the backyard he used to play into to the, to the cola cans and the ad, ads and TV shows that he used to play on his TV. It is just, I think, one of the best films about childhood. Um, I have, I mean, I, my childhood is as far removed from a suburban kid living in the 60s in, in America. 
but i just found it so charming and so endearing and it was it was absolutely lovely uh i think my thoughts are exactly along the similar line a significant part of the movie is about the you know child describing what it was like to live in houston at the time when nasa was about to you know launch the lunar mission yeah uh what i like i remember growing up and so many kids around me wanted to be astronauts because i was still on the tail end of that generation where you know going to space was one of our biggest scientific achievements like this was right the sweet spot before internet and smartphones became ubiquitous yes. so right before that it was like the coolest thing you could ever imagine technology doing was like taking a man to moon um yeah. which is why like that it was a very cute movie uh, the movie half of it is more than half of it is just about his childhood yes so which was very adorably done very beautifully discussed uh, i am a huge fan i mean i genuinely would recommend everybody to watch it but yeah um so the so- story is very clearly about a boy who loves spinning stories right like it's even in the movie like while he's talking about it is described that everybody in the class calls him as somebody who spins a lot of flies abbas were you a child like that um i was but i only for a very select few people like i wasn't the one who would go in front of the class and tell the whole class about how uh, amazing my like what a great adventure i had but the few friends that i had when we were exchange we we would exchange stories i would definitely uh, like add a lot of masala to my <laughs> to my stories to make it more presentable you were aware yes. of which audience you could fool and uh, exactly. that's a great insight yes. to have yes. as a child you know <laughs> uh but yeah i was thinking about the same like you know all the kids that i knew as a child who were, like really really good at spinning stories i don't know why i didn't do that because i had a very like i used to like daydream a lot and had a very rich private inner life but i didn't lie about it for some reason i should have mm. um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's movie is also like a very beautiful um like a very beautiful look into how children have very deep personal private very rich inner lives that you know grown up sort of tend to not think so much about or not care so much about but childhood really is a beautiful nostalgic time uh what i also like what i really really liked about it is like the underlying theme is like a sense of hope that the lunar mission brought to the entire story and brought to the entire theme of the story um like even in the movie it's described that america in the 60s was not going through an easy time there was the vietnam war there was the yeah, cold yeah, war yeah. there was um what came Civil out later to be realized you know like so many suburban problems and yeah industrial issues that would occur later but it very clearly is a time of hope um and i feel like at least in my childhood or like for the generations that have come after me i don't think there's that strong sense of hope regarding anything anymore um definitely not now yeah definitely <laughs> not now like it wasn't like there wasn't overarching over like narrative of hope when i was growing up but now that's completely absolutely destroyed like when i was a child the only narrative that you could particularly look forward to was the fact that the earth is going to heat up and you're all going to die which is <laughs> well on its track right now so yeah i feel has bad it, like uh, has it no happened to you when uh, i was thinking that you know when as a child i remember uh, there was a line in our science textbook that uh, you know the, the sun will one day eventually burn out yeah. and it's going to take around 20 million years to do that yeah. and as a child you were like 20 million years that's that like so, so much time long. and now like 20 million years that's it <laughs> and then the sun's going to burn out burn out all everything we've worked for humanity has done is will be gone 
yeah, doesn't seem very uh, doesn't seem very <laughs> positive. But yeah, I suppose it's the same like in the movie also that theme, right? Like when they go out to space and when they look at Earth, like there's like people like there's going to be a shift in consciousness when you see the Earth from outside and yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah, all yeah, our yeah. nonsense is pointless and how our existence is really tiny. Um, but it never really ended up happening. Like people never really ended up grasping the fact that human life is both. absolutely meaningless and devastatingly meaningful um and you know it's just that there's wow. no sense of like technology for a second i thought i was a poetry open mic nanika <laughs> that was that was very profound don't disrespect me like that abbas <laughs> this is not a this is not a what poetry slam <laughs> uh but yeah i mean there's that like now technology moves so fast and it's so like hopeless in general that i feel like kids can't really child like children and their imagination can't really grasp on to any one particular thing any one particular sense of wonder because we see like technology is pretty much miracle after miracle right now and we don't really understand the full scope of how difficult it was to get where it is and i feel like every like even my parents generation that saw it starting from like black and white tv no phones to now having smartphones even they can't grasp like how big of a deal it is so i don't expect children to understand it and i really do wish like was experiencing similar levels of political turmoil and you know just like in general hopelessness but there's no shining beacon of hope like there's no mm-hmm. sense of things are going to be all right and we're going to be you know bullish about it and we're going to do something or the other that will get us to the other side so <laughs> I guess that sucks for us, and it was nice to have a window into a time where hope existed, and you could hope yeah. about life. So you know, thank you, you Linklater, uh, for making this meant <laughs> a lot to me. <laughs> you don't think Elon Musk is taking us to Mars? I mean, see, he breaks the charm by being on Twitter the whole day and talking <laughs> about his thought process. If he was just doing it secretly, I'd be like, okay, fair, maybe you can do something. But then I see him on Twitter every day. It's just like, okay, let me ask you uh, another question. In our lifetimes, if you think that moment comes where where there is an opportunity that you you can mi- migrate to another another planet we find a livable habitat in some other planet and let's say you get that chance will you will you do that let's say climate change which as 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 i wipe my forehead as we can see it's <laughs> it's doing its work so in the next 20 years things accelerate to a point where this planet is becoming more and more unlivable and you there is a chance and let's say let's say you can afford that journey i know <laughs> <laughs> and you can afford that journey M- money is not a not a object here that uh, you get a chance to go to another planet would you i mean of course i would but life nowhere would be as beautiful as it is here so hmm. yeah but don't you think it's so much pressure going on another planet and like settling there is so much <laughs> like you have See, to sa- start very, from even scratch even if you do manage to live on another like you know planet it's not going to be like we're not going to live there we're going to be on settlements yeah. like people on arctic and antarctica there you know they have settlements there i feel like right. we live exactly like that there's no meaningful inhabitation there's no meaningful survival for us beyond earth at least in this solar system which is mm. very stressful i'd love to visit but i don't think like i'd you I know can, uh, i can i can imagine live people there. people looking at this footage 3000 years from now pointing oh. at it and laughing <laughs> oh these people <laughs> thought they had it good on earth <laughs> fair 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 you know that same uh, like they um it just like brings me back to that what was it i'm forgetting which was that the voyager that carried all that data and everything on it i think so yeah the, the, I, the best piece of music i think it was the voyager but they decided yeah, yeah. to put like you know the sign sounds of like children laughing and yeah, greetings yeah, yeah, yeah. and songs and music and so many beautiful things on it and i feel like yeah we had hope as a humanity and i think hope is overarching emotion about humanity but yeah we're running out of it and there's nothing that produces it now so you know hmm. 
on that dower note you know uh, not dower note i'm going to say awful and awesome is a beacon of hope this time yeah, so yeah yeah it's a beacon of hope uh, <laughs> because we've got uh, we've got letters uh, yes. in the mailbox for us yes love week. letters which i'm very happy to read yes so the first letter is from sonali who's a subscriber and says you guys are getting comfortable with the concept of ana got the first laugh out of me on confusing pablos thank you sonali for my my four pa got a laugh out of you i'm glad <laughs> Uh, there is hope for you newcomers. Oh, thank you so oh, much. Yes. Thank you so much. Hope. It's a very <laughs> clearly a beautiful recurring motif in this particular episode. This is a letter from an anonymous subscriber. Mm. Just writing to say I enjoy the episodes with Abbas and Nanika. I like the choice of media and look forward to hearing more of them. Oh, thank you anonymous. Thank you so much. Thank yes. you very much. I'm glad you feel that way and we'd hope to, you know, uh bring better choices to you that are continue to be interesting. Yeah. Uh there are some YouTube comments Abbas would you like to read oh, a few couple of my, those My my favorite uh, piece of feedback Yes uh YouTube comments uh <laughs> Okay the f- the first YouTube comment comes from and I'm not not making this up blah 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 <laughs> which is a wonderful uh, YouTube username um he says these two are better than abhinandan and rajeshree keep them permanently Oh uh, I <laughs> Baba I'm in love with you <laughs> I I'm willing to take this responsibility from Abhinandan if he doesn't give me all the others. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The other the next one is from Varun Chabra. Varun says I don't think it was poorly done in Dasvi. Uh is uh, okay, that's a feed- feedback about Dasvi. Uh he says uh, uh, is this show just an opinion of two random people or are these two in the film industry? Uh, <laughs> Well Varun I'd l- Varun. like to tell you that uh, I have shot a film with Mr Abhishek Bachchan which is not out yet <laughs> and let's hope he, he he keeps the footage in uh but uh, I am not from the film industry I'm yeah. I'm ten- tangentially related to the mm, film industry Varun, uh, what about you Nanika not even close to the <laughs> film industry I don't have the eating disorder for it <laughs> sorry <laughs> Uh the next uh, comment is by Shubham great show guys it's a welcome change from the usual Abhinandan Rajasree boomer rants i adore them but this is fun too i also adore abhinandan and rajasree i think they make a very cute um hosting pair but thank you so much shubham um i'm very glad you think that way about us then going back to varun's comment where he says is this show just an opinion of two random people <laughs> yes of course uh, <laughs> as are all it. podcasts <laughs> yes and uh, we had a comment from the discord uh, uh group server slash whatever whatever it's called uh this one is from maverick uh, maverick says does anyone know what the librarian joke <laughs> joke was in dasvi for which abbas is uh, abbas is asking us to watch the entire movie i'm curious now uh shall we reveal the joke uh, yeah the i feel like it's joke, been enough which time. i thought was funny and nanika was like no it wasn't um yeah. <laughs> so uh Uh yeah in the movie there is a scene where uh, Abhishek Bachchan wants to give the 10th standard board exam so he goes to the library and he finds a librarian there and uh, he sees all the other people around uh, in the library the other prisoners while coming and go- going they say hello library sir uh, uh, by library sir and then uh, Abhishek Bachchan asks him ke sab aapko library kyu bula rahe hain so then uh, you know the librarian says ke sabke bas ki baat nahi hai librarian bolna I f- I totally screwed that joke up. It's funnier in the movie. Please watch the movie. It's funny. I thought it's funny. No, you don't have to watch the La- movie. Rai Bareilly. You revealed the joke also. There's no need to watch the movie. Rai Bareilly and library. You know, get it guys? It's like a tongue twister. It's funny. I thought it was funny. Never mind. Uh, so that was the joke. Uh, yeah. And now you you don't even have to watch the speech for that one little Absolutely. joke. Absolutely. 
Uh, before we completely move on from Apollo ten and a half, Abbas, do you have mm. any piece of childhood media that you're very attached to? Oh, so many. <laughs> my like my my existence is like uh, full of childhood nostalgia. <laughs> Where do I begin? Uh, I'll give you some which are coming in my head right now. Uh, I don't know if this will make any sense to you, but uh, there used to be uh, the Mowgli uh, Jungle Book, which used yeah. to get Jungle Jungle Pata Chala. Yes. That was my first, uh, I think, uh, exposure to any kind of ca- cartoon. Then uh, Disney, uh, Disney had two shows, Tailspin and Ducktales, which were dubbed in Hindi. Okay, so now I go on Hotstar and I watch them in Hindi. Okay, <laughs> I don't want the English version. And thankfully, they've maintained. Yes, and they've maintained. And you know what? The the Hindi dubs were good. Oh. It's not like they did a lackluster job. Mm-hmm. And they would give them like. Indian Indian uh, uh, quirks, right? So if there is a there is a pirate in Tailspin, they would give him Bombaya ka gunda wala ah, accent. Okay, so I'm like that's that's clever, you know. They've made that's that. a translation done uh, with the uh, subtitling done with a lot of thought behind it. That's good. Not subtitling. Sorry, dubbing. sorry. Trans- <laughs> what do and I the, call it? Dubbing. Yeah. And the dubbing artists were like Javed Jafri oh. and Nana Partaker and all nice. these like uh, good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Then do you rem- do have you ever seen this film called Baby's Day Out? Yes, who hasn't? Yes. <laughs> oh, I adore it. So Baby's it. Day Out was the one film that I remember going again and again and again to watch. And I recently found out that Baby's Day Out and Dunstan Checks In, which were huge in India, were not uh, hits outside. Were at not all. hits abroad. They yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like their primary market was India. It was just such a sweet little detail. Um, yeah. Cute. And even the reviews are like one star reviews where they are murdering the film. I'm like, are you What? kidding me? Baby's Day Out is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so also yeah, watched it a lot of times as a child. I think it was lovely, very cute. What's the one thing from your childhood that you still keep going back to? I'm trying to Tom and Jerry, I guess. I it holds uh-huh. up because it was okay. genuinely. I remember being a child and you know back then there was like one TV in the house and everybody's fighting for the remote. My grandfather wants to watch cricket. My dad wants to watch the news, and I always wanted to watch cartoons. And I remember you know my dad being like, "Just change the channel. You're not gonna want to watch it like later on in life. It's stupid. You're gonna grow out of it." And I was like, "I'm never gonna grow out of watching cartoons. I'll watch cartoons when I'm fifty also." <laughs> I don't watch cartoons anymore sadly so. <laughs> <laughs> but I like um, the conviction that I you know I would love something that I love right now forever which is nice hmm. um but then yeah. what is forever like we just discussed everything's going to burn out <laughs> now to continue with Russian, Russian doll Sweet birthday baby what was I just doing what what do you mean I'm out of here ah! Tell me what's going on. I keep dying and reliving the same night. Does it hurt? <laughs> yes. You seem fine. <laughs> I'm not fine. I'm questioning my own sanity. I'm having a very hard, never-ending night. Do we know each other? Fuck off! Will you stop acting crazy. I'm very excited to talk about Russian Doll because I adored and absolutely was obsessed with season one when it came out back in 2019, early 2019, I think. and uh, i mean i probably when i watched russian doll i felt like it's probably one of the best like one of the best bits of television that i'm going to watch or that i have watched up until now and i was a little surprised on season they decided to come out with season 2 because i feel like it was a bit of a like a, a perfect decision end. that was taken towards the like like suddenly decided on because the season 1 ended in such a note that i didn't expect that it needed a season 2 it was a very good stand alone but i was very excited for season 2 because i love the character so much um 
How, you've watched the whole thing, so I'd like to hear your reviews first and then I'll chime in with whatever so, I have. Uh, I have watched almost the whole thing. I have some 15 minutes to go for the final episode of season 2. Uh, so just like you, I was blown over by season 1. Um, uh, even though, I mean, it's very interesting when people do new things with the with the premise of uh, the, the living the same day over and over yeah, again. Time loops. So many films and so many so many uh, shows have done it, uh, but yet Russian Doll found a new way to do it. Absolutely. And I, I absolutely love Natasha Leon. And I with think the characters uh, that like each and every character was so with aplomb. Like even like side characters have had lines that I've just repeated over it. Like that, you know, um, yes. she says "Sweet birthday, baby." I feel like Sweet I'll never forget baby. "Sweet birthday, baby." <laughs> So yeah, it was very iconic. Even the small, like, little, little characters, they had so much value to them that you can just not forget. And, you know, like, I feel like it was beautifully crafted. A story, characters, style, design, the way it looked, the premise behind it, how lovely it was, how absurdist it was, how much hope it gave you. Um, You know, how it, like, perfectly walked the tightrope between nihilism and, you know, like, assigning meaning to life. Um, So I feel like it was, like, season one knocked it out of the park and... Yes, uh, season two though uh, oh, is no. <laughs> <laughs> so. How many episodes have you seen? I think three and a half. Okay, so the the hook for season one was like you said a time loop, right? Yeah. Uh, 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 for for season two, it's time travel, and um, it's the uh, Natasha Leon character going back to the year she was born. And then as the episodes uh, sort of go ahead, uh, she jumps around various points in time. Um, I was a little underwhelmed by season two. Uh, I think that uh, they've made it needlessly convoluted. And it does that thing where, like you said, the first season was so precise with what they wanted. Each yes. time she dies and she comes back. Uh, th- the writing was very tight. Very tight. Uh, in season two, what I think uh, the, the, the flaw that I felt was... Um, so it's seven episodes and five of those episodes deal with a, 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 a sort of a thing that was mentioned in season one, mm-hmm. but that almost becomes like the, the major plot point overarching. Uh, there is this this term in screenwriting called MacGuffin, which is where you, you chase a thing. Uh, which which becomes the plot where uh, whoever ha- you know the 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 plot then becomes the chase to to get that thing and the thing itself is immaterial right it's the chase for that thing that becomes the main focus and um, the first three or four episodes make you uh, think that uh, Natasha Leon's character is going back in time and chasing this one thing and then it kind of ch- changes tack and there is I would say. It is treated in the in the show as a twist, but it's sort of a, a existential twist, if I may. It's not a it's not a plot twist. So the I character think season realizes one was also just existential twists. So I guess right. they wanted to keep that theme alive. And I again, I feel like season one set the bar so high. I feel like the writers of the se- like the second season were also, I think, a little nervous because yeah, I yeah. think even they realized that like. You know, like topping that is so You can't be so top difficult. this, huh? So, what they do exactly is make it broader, actually, rather Fair. than making it uh, more, uh, you know, rather than doing the same thing again. So, the writing is a little all over the place. It's, a, it's slightly confusing. But then, in the last episode, they kind of pull all the strings and make it work. Like, I, I would say at no point did I feel like quitting the show. Mm-hmm. It's still very, I mean, lengthwise, well each episode is 25 to 30 minutes. So, it doesn't take up a lot of your time. Natasha Leon is still very stunning. good. In fact, she directs Absolutely she directs stunning. the first episode of this uh, yeah. this season. Um, 
there there are some surprise uh, cameos that show up uh, as actors and um the whole uh, presentation of the 80s is is very well done like it does seem like the new york of the 80s they put the thought uh, and idea in the design department was clearly putting in the work yeah yes. i mean uh, uh, from what little i've watched of it i think like again i've heard the same criticism of the plot of season 2 and i feel like that stands but also on the other hand like nadia as a character is just so lovely to watch she's probably one of my favorite characters that i've ever watched on tv as watched as a visual mm, representation mm. she's a very she's open to whatever life offers but at the same time she's not particularly excited for life she like she'll do anything that comes to her but she's not very happy about life or you know super invested in it she has a distinct sense of style she doesn't care about what others see her as she wants to do whatever she wants so she's something she's somebody who's very lonely but in a way that she doesn't make loneliness look pathetic so mm-hmm. i like that about nadia and i feel like that's also the characters and the way they are is still preserved in the second season as well like you don't feel like the characters are doing something completely out of sorts from the first season i feel like the plot could definitely have been better but i can guess can i can i say something about about the nadia character yes, absolutely uh, so like you said you know uh, she was a very memeable character there that that meme of thursday what a concept yeah, you know exactly. that whole thing <laughs> and the, the way, way she, she talks speaks. her voice her accent everything like yes. she, you know she smokes two packs a day her f- throat is gone so yeah <laughs> so i think all of that works in season 1 because uh the idea of such a character being faced with her own mortality and oh, yeah. how she just shrugs it off oh, yeah. it, it works there in season 2 there are revelations that she gets uh with respect to her family yes. and her parentage and her mental health problems that have carried on in her family and at one point uh, the character quite directly lands in the midst of world war 2 mm. i think even a character like that when they, they when they're faced with those kind of revelations they should be a they little will, shocked they should be a little shocked they sh- it should affect them at yeah. some level Fair. whereas uh, for the most part the show just does nadia being She's nadia even at wo- in world war 2 so that's I'm also like, right no. nadia as a character has become a meme so they feel like they have to remain honest to that or remain on track with that um, right. but fair that's an interesting way to analyze mm. it Mm. I liked uh, the choice of Nadia's mother being Chloe Savini. Abbas, do you have any thoughts about Chloe Savini? I don't know that's I, how you pronounce what, her. What what else has she been in? I don't know. So, what I remember Chloe Okay, I'm not sure if it's the correct pronunciation, but I'm just going to go with okay. Chloe Savini. Um, uh, but she was there was this I think some at some point I read this. I'm not sure whether it was the NYT archives or the Atlantic archives, but there was this one particular deep dive about Chloe Savini. and mm-hmm. how she was pretty much a cultural icon as a teen um so you okay. know this sort of fashion that she occupied suddenly became the it thing and all the other new york girls like she was the it girl of new york and everybody else wanted to copy her so because of that she was sort of like an underground you know like a, she was like a muse she was like an underground not fa- like like a trend setter of sorts um and she occupied that sense of cool which is you know the american sense of cool like this is not a nice person or a kind person they're just cool in the sense that they know what to like they like the right things they dislike the right things they have the right amount of indifference to the right things you know how and also like how teenagers in american lore and american imagination occupy you know like americans defer yeah, too much yeah. to teenagers which i yeah. think is quite stupid because i don't <laughs> i mean they're teenagers they're stupid so <laughs> 
Um, no, so but I, I mean, uh, I've always, fant- I still fantasize about walking in uh, hi- American high school corridors and opening <laughs> up a locker. See, that's the point, cool right? Thing. America as a cultural <laughs> powerhouse has made being a teen such a cool thing. And it's not like being a teenager is horrendous for everything that's that true. is happening <laughs> to your body, to your mind, to your life. You have no power. You're angry all the time. It's just... Yeah, so I do not know why Americans love teens so much, but I suppose, you yeah. know, and that, that fervor has caught on to everybody, like Archie's yeah. comics and all that. So, yeah, and also, like, uh, when I was reading that piece about Chloe Savini, I was like, you know, how powerful, like, New York media giants are, because it's just like, New York nonsense is somehow the world's business. Like, two women squabbling in New York is somebody, like, somehow got the whole Twitter riled up. So, you know, so I really, it's very interesting. Uh, but I don't really have any other thoughts on Chloe Savini. I just wanted, like, this just came up in my mind while I was thinking about Russian Doll and I wanted to talk about it, so. Okay. Yeah. I shall look that up. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, still 15 minutes to go for the finale for me. So, uh, unless they <laughs> put up something mind-blowing. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I, it's a very watchable. very 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> very watchable season, but. Uh, yeah, doesn't hold a candle to the first season. Well, I, the I first guess still let's perfect. let's ju- like you know treat it independently of the first season because the first season's must like this uh, is a masterpiece. You're not going to top it. Yeah. yeah. So independently, yeah. I suppose it's still not terrible. Can still watch it. True. Also, uh, just as an aside, uh, so the character of Alan, uh, I don't know if you've reached that point in. Uh, in not in, yet. In not yet. But watching. I love not Alan. Yet. Okay, the so character. then I won't spoil yeah, it for yeah. you. Uh, but something happens to his character, which I was very curious about. But anyway, I'll probably ask you offline okay. <laughs> when you've watched it. All right, all right, all right. Once I'm finished. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. similar to Palm Springs? And yes, yes, yes. The first season yes. was, season yes. Season one is very similar to Palm Springs. And the same with Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day, yes. I have not yes. watched Groundhog Day, but I know it's a similar premise. But Palm Groundhog Springs is also Day. a beautiful movie about the time loop concept. I think it's one of the best romance films that have come come out in the... So like, I wasn't as big on the film as the rest of the people were. I mean, I, it's watchable, it's enjoyable, <laughs> but I don't think it was as good as people made it out to be. Okay. It's, it's fun. That's about it. I thought it was a very beautiful portrayal of love and in a very honest... And you know, kind sense that usually people aren't about love. So I think that was nice. Mm. That's what I like. I don't know. Palm I Springs. think I can only take so much of Andy Samberg. Fair. Okay, <laughs> then you're biased. So I get it. I'm also not a huge Andy Samberg fan, but he's cute, so he sort of like you know makes your his way into your yeah, heart. Okay, maybe that's what gets on my nerves after a while. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Fair, fair, fair. So Jude asked this question, and it's a beautiful, lovely question. Thank you for asking. Is what would we do if we were stuck in a time loop situation? Abbas, please go first. Are you talking about today? Like if today was happening over and over again? Any random day. Uh, I mean, you know what? I'm going to say something very depressing, but isn't, I mean, don't we all live the same day over and over again? We wake up <laughs> and we dress up and we go to work. <laughs> and then we hate our job, but we're sitting at our cubicle being like, I, I'm going to do something one day when my oh dreams God. will come true. But then take a tra- train commute back. To the house and just oh God, not oh God. sit in front of the TV. Awful and awesome was like, supposed to be about hope. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, Wait I'll it. finish my novel one day oh and God. then you. <laughs> uh, I remember talking to somebody like during the pandemic, like 2020, like the early when the pandemic was still fresh. And somebody was like, you know, what's one character that you really relate to? And I was like, Nadia, because, you know, I feel like I'm living the same day over and same over day. again yeah, in yeah, this yeah. pandemic. <laughs> Um, so if I feel like I was stuck in a time loop and I could realize it was a time loop, I feel like I'd be a little devastated. But yeah, I'm like, how would I, how would I try to escape it is the question. Um, Why would you want to? Are you going to stay as young as you are? 
what's uh, fun about you know, being young like you know I want ev- to you age. can go anywhere you can do anything because you know next morning is just going to reset uh back to whatever you can get married and number of times <laughs> you can just you can just go up to whoever you like you're like hey you know what i'm going to marry you have the marriage and next day again you're single <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> and next Abbas day you go marry someone else i'm a supporter on this podcast very very shady <laughs> hey man so to each their own but yeah eat whatever you want drink whatever you want because next day you're going to be like you know back get a tattoo and see if it looks good on you and the next day get another one so why yeah. would you want to escape it interesting interesting hmm. yeah i mean it does limit like what is, uh, 24 hours limits what, the radius of travel but yeah it's yeah so yeah I, i was just going to say that what's what's curious what i'm curious about is what if you change the time zone what if i take a flight right now and go to another time zone will will the will the day reset mid flight I mean, where the physics of it is a little iffy, <laughs> so we can't tell. But you know, where that's an interesting way to look at it. But yeah, I mean, would you like in Russian Doll? They try to escape it in a specific way, and in Palm, I'm not giving any spoilers. But in Palm Springs, they try to escape it in a different way. So, you know, I suppose you know you would get sick after a point of frolicking around. Because even with life, right? Like you live the same day over and over and over again, and then eventually one day you're like, okay, I'm done. Something has to change, and then it eventually does change. So yeah. Well, you're a way more optimistic person than me, Nanika. Yeah, I be said. like, you wake up every day and you have the same amount of money in your bank account. It doesn't <laughs> go anywhere. You spend all of it in one day, and then again, it's there the next day. Mm. <laughs> Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> fair, fair. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. I would, I wouldn't mind us being stuck in a time loop. Let's move on to our last and final yes. uh, topic of discussion today, which is uh, Metal Lords, uh, which is a film that I was very curious of uh, when I saw the title, and then I watched it. It was exactly what I expected it to be, and uh, I'm very happy about that. How do they do it? They suck. There's three chords, and they still can't get it right. Um, I guess we'll be seeing you at the Battle of Bands then. This is huge for us. This is our moment. No doubt, no doubt. If you're gonna be all girls with cellos, this isn't gonna work. You need me a lot more than I need you. You're supposed to be his best friend. Metal is power. Metal is speed. Metal is the key to everything. Uh, it's a film about uh, young, two young guys who are playing in a metal band, and. Um, one of them is the quote unquote metal purist who only thinks that uh, you should listen to the classic bands and you should not experiment with music and uh, girls don't know how to play uh, <laughs> metal music and the other guy who's who's a slightly younger uh, younger as compared to him is going through his usual speaking of teenage and yes, uh, i was going to say the same we talked about teenagers <laughs> this is a very yes. essential american teen movie coming of age movie so he's having his uh, crushes and he's asking a girl out and uh, basically how their uh, relationship uh, the bro relationship between the two guys in the band breaks off and then obviously there is a the, the, the girl joins the band and uh, there is a there is a wonderful party and they all play a concert in the end don't give the i've given the whole film away. i've given the whole film up but please go watch it <laughs> i mean it's it's not it's not something you will not predict from the first few minutes of the film Fair. i suppose but, anybody but who watches watch it. it off of our recommendation is not going to be somebody like i don't think any teenagers listen to this so the only people revisiting are like they're going back for teen nostalgia so they understand the plot of a quintessential coming of age movie which it very much is on theme for um that uh 
so yeah i have it i have some criticisms also but i first want to know what you thought i thought again it was a cute movie um it was about metal and it was very pure about that there was a lot of like it felt like a disney t movie that you would watch as a child like it was very 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 much for kids very nice i feel like if you have any teenagers in your life you can recommend it to them and they'd like this movie uh it pays homage to like a very brief homage to my favorite metal song like which was at one point my favorite song um shizm by tool which i really like a lot and yeah i mean it's a cute movie it it's it's a very cute portrayal of teenagers like now media's like with euphoria and all right like teens are always <laughs> getting into shit that they shouldn't be it still lets it still preserves the innocence of a teenage like the teenagehood which is cute about it which i really liked about it the characters are sort of you warm up to them towards the end even if you don't start off as liking them a lot so yeah i'm i like my I, i didn't think enough about the movie to have a criticism of it i'm going to be honest i just consumed it as like a cute little teen movie that i would watch on tv yeah it's definitely not a memorable film like yeah, it's, it's for uh, sure not memorable <laughs> it's your uh, like you know instant instant noodle type Yeah, it's a direct to TV just, movie like that Disney yeah, used to have yeah, like yeah. Hannah Montana or High School Musical yeah. or something. No sorry, High School so, Musical was still a cultural relic. <laughs> this one isn't. Uh were you a metalhead when you were younger, Nanika? I was a metalhead very briefly when I was about 17, 18 or so because I felt like a cool thing to get into but then I realized I don't have the bandwidth to attend to it. Now I listen to hyperpop which is basically the female equivalent of metal <laughs> really not in the What sense like pop? in an insane way not in a director <laughs> it's just hyperpop is like very vigorous sounds very flashy visuals it's very intense music um it's very girly in nature it's very bubblegummy in nature and the sounds it's not very, it's not k-pop right no no not k-pop hyperpop is just okay. like pop but very intense like very intense like sound, what are some artists do, would i know anyone from this genre बट I'm glad to say I have outgrown that phase. Good, good. Uh, but so this film reminded me of that. My major criticism of the film is that uh, so this film is written by uh, David Benioff. Yeah, who was I was going to say there was a lot of the uh, production cast behind Game of Thrones. Like the music Game is of by Thrones, yes. the same guy who did the Game of Thrones theme. Ramin Jawadi. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the film is filled with uh, rock music from the 70s and yes. 80s. um so he's been trying to get this film made from the early 2000s oh. and that was my major takeaway is that it seems like a very early 2000s film it does it, it does, does not it doesn't uh, uh have any comment on the state of music in 2022 Fair. the most it does is that they go to a party and someone's playing ed sheeran over yeah. there and they scoff at him saying ah oh, they're playing ed sheeran My idea is I don't know how many young boys and girls today, sixteen, seventeen year olds, are listening to Black yeah, Sabbath exactly. or Metallica. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking the same. Like metal is a done for scene because it's not yes. as much of a thing now as it used to be. So yeah, yeah. So in I uh, since since I grew up in the ni- uh, late nineties, early two thousands, and I got into that uh, that kind of music. I can still see back then people buying CDs and whatever you know, getting into the metal scene there. Mm. 
today even in, in india there aren't any new metal bands coming up metal is becoming a more and more shrinking uh, you know community uh, so for that to do not play any uh, any uh, sort of uh, lip service to that at all and <laughs> to make it seem like no no kids today are still into metal they just need to find the right uh, song or the right uh, uh, you know album was a little was a little bizarre for me so yeah, yeah i, I thought suppose it, it was just yeah. a movie that had to be made so it was made yeah but yeah more I like mean, a pet project for for yeah for absolutely him, i feel like yeah. like you know something that you're really affectionate about so you think it should be made mm. it was made on a mm. small budget like very small clearly. budget yeah yeah the the little romance that the the two characters have the young girl and the boy uh she plays cello she's more in the classical music yes. i think that's very well done yeah, they've, uh, yeah, they've like quoted that. it very sweetly uh but i would have liked to know more about the the elder guy why is he so uh, why, why did he get into metal why is he does he feel so they do mention from... it right his mom left him so <laughs> yeah i mean but <laughs> i shouldn't laugh about it sorry uh, no, it's okay uh But that again, just like Dasvi, there is one uh, really good joke here where um, the girl comes and she asks to be uh, to be included in, in, into the band, and and he someone says that's so gay, and then she looks around all the posters <laughs> and it just zooms in on all the homoerotic <laughs> homoerotic imagery of metal. Uh, I thought that was a, that was a really smart joke over there. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a sweet film. If you are into metal, if you are someone who likes rock and roll, please watch it. Uh, it reminded me somewhat of School of Rock, which is another Richard Linklater film. School of Rock was dots. a very good film, like generally <laughs> very, very good nice. film. Yes, um, I feel like this. But yeah, that came out at a very at, at the opportune time. Yeah. Like two thousand three was the the rock music time where you can you could have imagined this one guy coming and telling kids, no, you need to listen to rock music. Yeah. But today, I think we we passed that. But But I still, feel like there's also movie, been yeah. a lot of criticism of like you know like me- metal is supposed to be against the system or against like you know society in general, and I feel like a lot of people were like a lot of like these metal musicians now that they're in their what fifties, sixties, seventies now they've become like alt right leaders or they've become racist <laughs> all of a sudden, you know like that aggression that they had against the system as a child is suddenly they are the system now. <laughs> yeah, they are like you know uh, like occupying the l- like the least compassionate bits of the system now when they were very clearly against it so i feel like reactionary um idea sort of translate that way with time but but yeah i feel like there is there an equivalent of metal is there like what is what That's is supposed a, to be against the system now yeah i don't know even i can't uh, i can't think of any uh, sort of protest music I or i feel like uh, you know the idea of subversion has become like it started with metal and it's like subverting your culture has become the coolest thing so everybody wants to do it so now subverting the culture is not cool anymore subverting the culture yeah. is not subverting the culture anymore <laughs> so it's like you yeah i mean hmm. so there's no equivalent of it anymore i guess rip metal yeah there's But nothing please. scandalous you can do anymore everything is so overexposed uh yeah i think also the the scandalous nature is now um Like there is that whole legend that Ozzy Osbourne ate a bat's ear in a <laughs> yeah, concert, yeah. right? <laughs> If it happens today, the video of that would be viral in seconds. Like there is no mystery. It would be viral in seconds. It would be forgotten like one and a half days. The next day, yes. Exactly. <laughs> It's not a cultural moment. That's what I'm saying. Subverting yeah. the culture is not subverting the culture anymore because our memory is very short-lived. Like it's going to happen, and two days later, the news cycle is going to wash it up with something even more insane. So yeah. So I don't think metal could have existed in this time also. So. Hmm. Also, it's like, uh, like who's who's the like Billie Eilish is 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 the is the young sort of upcoming musician, and she kind of 
she's not a pop star pop star right her music is still but then she's still doing the james bond theme so yeah, i think exactly. now everything has become like one homogenous yeah <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. mixture yeah <laughs> yeah teens mm-hmm. just aren't as angry anymore i guess so now we sound like boomers we were supposed to be the young blood on the show <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm sorry to tell like all the teenagers that i know in my life i have a lot of love for them so you know <laughs> that's that's another boomer thing to say sab bachche hain sab i'm scared of teenagers now just, i just feel like they're up to something i don't know as you should be at that age you should be up to something yeah as long as it's not like as long as they're not after me <laughs> yeah. you just put a hit on yourself now <laughs> Uh yeah so that brings us to the end of the show I hope you all enjoyed uh, listening to us blabber on about our favorite pop culture and the things we have covered if there's anything you want us specifically to cover please write in to us and uh, keep the love letters coming we will yes, give a shout out to you I love today's uh, conversation it was very good uh, I'm glad you guys are warming up to the idea of us being the hosts and yes. yeah hope to do more fun interesting things more yeah. to bring more interesting conversation please send enough to uh, enough love letters so that we can dethrone yes. uh, Rajshree and Lavin <laughs> Uh and uh, if uh, in case anyone wants to follow me on social media you can do so uh, on Twitter and on Instagram my Twitter handle is @abasmomin and my Instagram handle is abasmomin88 uh thank you Mr Momin thank you Ms Rathor and it's a wrap all the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher iTunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hold up. 